Welcome to the 99 Celsius Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Quay. Thanks for tuning in. This week's episode features the homie, Marcus Pilgrim, a.k.a. Polo. Polo is one of the dopest brothers I know. A genuine soul and a work ethic that earns any blessing that comes his way. He was born in D.C. and is a graduate of Shepherd's University in Virginia. As you'll hear, his circumstances as a student athlete in a rural community end up playing a significant role in shaping his future as the co-founder of the Great Energy Group, curators of the Liddy in the City brunch and day party experience. While good vibes are at the core of his brand, there's something deeper that keeps the community engaged. This and more explored in today's episode, The Good and Good Vibes. Tell me about your favorite party. Is it a good vibe? What about it makes you feel alive? For me, it's about the energy of a room. An eclectic group of individuals that share a motivation of elation. Or the sensation of a baseline that mimics your heartbeat. Conversations that speak acceptance fluently, verbally, or visually. Eye contact with a nod that can mean, what's up? I see you. Or, hey, depending on the situation. Embracing and celebrating our differences. After all, love is all we got. Marcus's pilgrimage is centered around the hope to generate happiness, the type of joy that can be sustained, positivity that can change the world, one party, one new move, one day at a time. I present to you episode seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. We back, we back. 99 Celsius Podcast. So excited to be here today. Have a very, very special guest in the building, my brother, um, Marcus Polo Pilgrim. Uh-huh. We here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Welcome to the 99 Celsius Podcast, man. Man, thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. It's going to be a good one for sure. No doubt. Yes, yes, sir. So uh, I want to do some stage setting here. We're here in uh, Dream Village headquarters in Hyattsville, Maryland. Yes, indeed. 
uh, I gotta ask, space. man. Yeah. I'm a I'm a big Dreamville fan, and so I'm wondering: is there a connection, Dream Village and Dreamville? Was it inspired in any way? Uh, no, I uh, I would have to ask uh, Unique, but I don't I don't believe so. I I don't I don't believe so, but um, I just know one of the backgrounds is you know this is a place for um, it's not your average co-working space. It's mm. more so like a hub. Like they only. It, you have to apply to get in, and then there's this whole process. That so you, you have do to, have to apply to get yes, in. Yes, you have wow. to apply to to get in here. There's a whole there's a there's a thorough process that they go to, uh, go through because it's not one of those spaces you just pull up and get some work done. It's it's really a village. It's a community, and like it's a bunch of people in here who just like who are big dreamers and just like have big visions and goals, and we kind of pull together in some form or fashion to see how we can help and how we can you know truly like come together to take something far yeah i feel you man okay. um yeah I, yo it sounds amazing and okay. i actually feel like it's something that uh that i would like to be a part of or something man it sounds <laughs> promising i'm telling you man yeah you just gotta you gotta hit up uh you gotta come through you gotta fill out the application online i'm not sure if they're taking uh, if they're taking members right now but fill out the application online in asia who's a community manager, she'll be in touch soon and try to get through that process. But nah, I'm I'm definitely just blessed to be able and, and, and so blessed to be a part of this space and like also for the people who brought me in here. So like, yes, it's, it's a blessing. All right, man. Speaking of being put on to things, um, I always love to introduce my guests in a way where I give some context to, you know, how we're familiar with one another. And so um, I wanted to shout you out as somebody that always puts people on for the city. For those of you that don't know, Polo is the uh, co-founder of the Great Energy Group, yes, which uh, sponsors most famously or puts on most famously the Lydia in the City brunch yeah. in the D.C. area. And if you've been to D.C. before, you know that this is the brunch to be at and to go to. And uh, I've had so many good memories over at Lydia in the City to the extent where people from New Jersey and New York that I hang with come over anytime they come into DC they like yo man what's going on is, is Liddy doing something and uh, we always have a really good time man so I wanted to it. shout out you know plug the event that you guys have I know Great Energy Group in general does way more than just brunches as well mm-hmm. um, you know you have the collab happy hour that you're doing yeah, we got sweatshirt socks off coming back um, you donate a pair of socks you work out uh, and it's a bunch of fun. So some community fitness, and then we're trying to get back to our community as well. Yeah. yeah. And yo, man, and, and I know that you're really about that because uh, I remember running into at running into you at a men's conference a couple months ago, and we were just having a conversation in the hallway, and you were talking about just being about energy and good vibes, and you know, it not being just a brand, but it really representing how you're living your lifestyle and you know, the, the people that you have surrounding you and, and the support system that you've built. So I definitely see that. And um, even for us as, you know, one of the founders of Splatter, you giving us an opportunity to do an event together and, and seeing that turn out as great as it did, you know, definitely just... And that, that, was, a, that was a dope event that we're definitely going to have to run back in some form or fashion yes, and make sir. it lit, but it was so much fun. Like, it was dope. Right. Yeah, that, I'm glad, first of all, thank you for hitting me up about and following up with me because, like... Yeah, that that joint was dope. It was like <laughs> something I've never been a part of or been to or anything like that before. So I was excited. All right, man, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, man, um, let's get into it. You know, uh, here on the Ninety Nine Celsius podcast, we really like to talk about the journey. Um, you know, so many people 
tend to look at people's accomplishments, uh, their successes and, you know, uh, their creations and tend to really look at the final product. But I'm more so interested in digging in and understanding what the process was to building things from the ground up and understanding what the highs and lows were and all of that. Um, so I always like to go back to the way beginning of time. And somewhere along the way, young Polo was a young boy or adolescent and was discovering himself and the things that he was into. When you look at where you are now and the things, your your leadership in the community in the D.C. area, um, what when you try to identify maybe the foundations, right, just the things that you were into in your childhood and what your interests were and such, what comes to mind? Um, some of the things that I think about are, you know, some of those family functions when people would come over, I got the family over, like I love to like, you know, hop in front of everybody, start dancing, making jokes, like doing all that type of stuff because I wanted to see everybody happy. I mm. knew that, you know, everybody had stuff going on. And as a kid, you can even, you know, when certain things are going on, but no one is, you know, tells you about it, but you can, you can understand and get a sense of what's happening. So I just wanted to make everybody happy when we were all together. When we could bring everybody together, I wanted to make everybody happy. I wanted everybody smiling because that made me happy when everybody's having a good time. And then I also like, I just felt as though, you know, I always just kind of had that, you know, when something was needed, when, when something was needed, I could kind of, you know, feel that need. So like I started, uh, we started, me and my sister started a business when I was was eight years old. She was 10. Like we started like, you know, we took our allowance, started, uh, you know, getting sodas, waters, juices and snacks and stuff. And we lived in this community where it was like a golf course, like in the back of the community. So we would go out, we would go back, we set up a table with a tent and all that stuff. And we started selling like all the, you know, like I said, the waters, the snacks, the juices, everything like that. And then I would sell used golf balls that I would like, I'd go through the golf course and I'd find and go through the woods and I'd find like golf balls and stuff. And I'd clean them up and sell those. And I knew because my grandparents were big in golf and my father was a little bit but I knew like what the value of each ball was going for so where to price it and just doing things like that was like pretty cool and like I liked I like creating kind of something that's like all right well cool people need this but like I I know it in his mind kind of I I really got a kick out of that that made me feel good and it made me feel and it made other people feel good when we were you know when we could provide something that they needed so no it it was a one way and that wow. made me happy yo I I had no idea about that oh yeah that's crazy so how old were you when when you were on the golf course and Eight. wow yeah it was fun and that's the biggest thing. And so if you go back to your roots of nowadays, I'm kind of diving, but nowadays, you know, a lot of people are thinking like, what can I do to make money? But like, you got to dig back to yourself and be like, yo, what was fun? I'm not saying I need to go walking around golf courses right now. Like, <laughs> look at, nah, I'm not saying that. But when you know that on the ninth hole, you know, people are tired and it's hot and they need you know, some refreshments and they may have like lost a few balls along the way to the, to the ninth hole. Like, you know what I'm saying? You need, you know, it's like, all right, cool. If we can package this and package that. And then we give them a spot with the tent because the tent, give them a little shade, kind of give them a little area to cool that, like all of that stuff. You're helping fulfill that need. And like, then that makes the process better because the process is like it, you know what I mean? So 
it it was dope. And then just trying to see like what things I can do nowadays. You know, I'm doing I'm I'm doing parties a day and doing events and whatnot. But you know, there's so much more to come. So at age eight, how do you how do you even discover or realize that that's fun for you? Well, first and foremost. <laughs> I mean, it's kids, you know what I'm saying? Me and my sister was like, we like money. So, like, if somebody was like, hey, like, I'm I'm really thankful my parents, they always taught us, like, you know, all right, well, like, you know what I'm saying? Them shoes, like, you, you want this, you want that, but it's not going to, I'm not buying it for you or, like, it's not going to buy itself. Like, you got to do more chores. got to go cut the grass, go to your grandparents' house and see if they can do it. And they were really good at, like, providing those little jobs for us. So we got excited. We felt the reward. When, um, you know, at a young age. So then you start to kind of like look around. Um, you just kind of start to look around you and see like, dang, what, you know, what could be done? Like what needs to be done? Um, and then you just kind of go from there and you, you just do a few things. I mean, I tried to like, I mean, as a kid, even before that, I tried to like, I went to the woods and I tried to like dig up, uh, like I tried to make a resort within the woods. Like it was like digging a hole. This is before the golf course. Yeah, this is way before the golf course. Oh yeah, let's let's get into that. I was serious. I was trying like I like I cleared out some space in like this little wooded (laughs) area. Started just digging a hole. I was like the pool gonna be right here, and I was so serious. Like and I was like this joint gonna be like that. Like I was so hype and so serious, but. I just think that it's it's the dream and vision that I had because I seriously thought I was like, I'm like, yo, this is actually going to happen. I'm going to tell my parents. I'm like, come back in the house, wiping sweat off my forehead. Like, yeah, another day. You know what I mean? I'm just building it up. Like, this thing is going to be amazing. Hey, mom, you're going to have to you're going to love the jacuzzi. Like, but I think and especially if you do have young people in your, in your life, allow like encourage their dreams, go along with it. Um because that's certain, like, that's when you really start to figure out from your root, okay, well, I enjoy doing that. I was doing that in, like, I wasn't getting paid as a six, seven-year-old, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it's fun, and you enjoy it. And so, like, that's why when people say enjoy the process, it goes back to that. Like, what do you enjoy? So, yeah. Yo, that is, that's not the typical seven-year-old, six-year-old story, I feel like. like. I feel like a lot of kids have imaginations, but for it to be entrepreneurial in that sense. It was it was in the sense of, it was in the sense of, like, we're going to build, like, we're building a resort or a hotel. I, I can't remember, but it was, a, like, a resort, a hotel, and we we were actually thinking, like, we were talking, because it was, it was me, my sister, and it was this, uh, another kid that lived down the street, and, like, I think we had to, I, I think me and my sister kicked out the kid from down the street. Out. Like, <laughs> I, it just wasn't working out. Um, but nah, so like, <laughs> he, uh, it was it was just funny, but it was like, you know, it, it just saw a need for something. It was like, we wanted people, like, I think what came about it, honestly, now I'm talking about it more, is my mother, you just, my mother's a hard worker and she used to work all, like, just work all the time. And I wanted her to relax. And that's why, because I was like, I, the, it, it kind of started with the thought of the jacuzzi and stuff like I was like, she need a jacuzzi in the backyard. Mm. And so I was like trying to build that out because I'm like, she works so hard and her feet be hurt. And like, so I'm like, all right, bet. Let, like, let's go with that. But then, yeah, you just hold on to little things like that. Like say, who needs this? And then how can I provide this to them? And yeah. Wow. So it, it sounds like there was, it was even, it was imaginative. But there was also a component where it was need based as well. Like 
it was, I mean, of course, to fulfill your own needs, you mentioned wanting certain sneakers or clothes, but there was a component where you were looking to help your mother as well. And would you say that that still kind of translates to, to why you do things today? Exactly. That's exactly why. Because right now, all I'm doing is putting, a, I'm, I'm literally right now with, with what is going on now to what people see, like to what people are saying right now, I'm essentially just putting the, sh- like putting the shovel in the dirt mm. and I'm building a resort. Wow. Because mama work hard and she needs to take a break. That's powerful, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I get so, that's why I get so, like, people don't even understand why I get so stressed out at events and things like that because it's so much deeper than, you lit, this ain't, this ain't crazy, it's endless jobs in here, like, yeah, so much deeper than that. So, I'm even kind of interested then because you, was there ever a period of time where you were looking to take that business acumen and selling or sales skill set to a corporate space i did for a little bit and I, okay. and I was sitting behind a cube and i was miserable working with um working with this fortune 500 company and i was just like miserable and every day i was coming into work like and i have friends of all different like backgrounds colors ethnicities races genders whatever but like i've like i love everybody but also at the same time i worked in a predominantly white space and it was always, I didn't feel like I could truly, like, be myself at times. I felt like I had to, like, ch- change my tone if I didn't. It was, like, it, it just, it, it, it was it was uncomfortable at times. And it just also was not what I was interested in doing. And it it wasn't very fulfilling. Now, I mean, you know, it's it, it that's no shade to, like, if you got a good corporate job, like, that's lit. And, like, honestly, I would love to be able to, you know, on the side, get something where I can, Go to work, do some boom, 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 get some benefits, boom, 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 and do that. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, I, I thought about that, and that's honestly, that's kind of what led me in that corporate job because I, I was like, yeah, I'll be an entrepreneur later in life. I'm gonna have my own businesses. But after college, I like after college, I was like, now what do you do? You get it? What are you supposed to do after college? After you get a degree. Mm-hmm. You remember, you go to high school, you go to college, you graduate college, you get a job, you get that job. And then, like, I'm thinking, like, all right, cool, I get the job, I make money, and, and uh, like, and then I'll, like, figure a business out later. It kind of didn't, like, I was like, yeah, I'll do something, like, I'll do something later. But, like, when I'm getting, when I was in that job, I'm like, oh, no, 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 okay, this is not how it goes. Like, I just thought everything was so uniform. And also, my college experience kind of took me away from reality in a little bit. Um, so I didn't understand, like when I got back to, um, when I got back to like DC PG area, everything was a big shock to me. Um, yeah. Cause I was like out in the country around a bunch of like, just, I mean, yeah, it was just country, but I love the place. So yeah. when you came back to DC, what was shocking about the culture? First of all, I like I went to so I'm, let's start back. So I went I went to Shepherd University in Shepherdstown, West Virginia, which is a small small liberal arts college. Played basketball there. Um, one of the big reasons for going there is an hour and a half from DC. My grandfather and my mother are like they love like coming to my basketball games. Loved it. 
And so it's like, boom, well, that's perfect. Like, you know what I'm saying? I go there, they can come to games. Like, they still see me. I can come, they can come visit me from time to time. It's lit. Like, um, but out there, uh, it was like nothing to do. So it was literally like, it was just, it was nothing to do out there. It was boring. People didn't have much going on. And then also like I'm on scholarship. So I, it, it, and I played basketball, so I couldn't go just get a job somewhere to make some extra money because my schedule was controlled by really my team, like my coach and all of them. So, um, I started throwing parties out there. Like I need money. It ain't nothing to do. Boom, bring some people together, make them smile. Like So that's the start. Um, kinda, but I mean, I you know, I was a, I was in a go go band in high school, so it was like a little bit of little stuff like that. Okay. Like, yeah, we'll yeah. we'll backtrack to that. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, nah, but so that was one of the things and I'm like, I had my roommate and like my roommate and his girl and I'm like I wanted them like I'm like they those were my people out there, those were some of the black folks hang with because it was it wasn't many like at that school wasn't a lot like the only black people that went there played football. And a few play basketball, like that's it. One no black women, like one black women out there. Like it's like one or two black women at the university. Like wow. it was just different. So also, I wasn't hip to what a lot of my friends that went to school in Atlanta or some HBCUs or just larger universities in general. Like I felt like everybody was on the same page at that time. When I came back home or something, everybody was all talking about the same conversation and like. I had been left out or something. And I'm just like, hold on, what? What does that mean? Who Who is that? Oh, I like this music. Like, I was just out of the loop. And, um, yeah, that was, that was, that leads back to why I was kind of out of the space. But in college, like, finding that need and started doing events. And I wanted my roommates. I'm like, yo, we can, I'm like, yo, we got a way we can make some money. We can do something. Like, you know what I'm saying? We can get something popping out here. Like, and we're going to have fun. Like, boom, boom. Uh, so I wanted to get them involved so, like, we can all eat, we can all win. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you may have, like, you may have a mindset or you may have something that you want to do and you may want everybody to win, but everybody else doesn't have your same mindset or drive or reason. Um, so, essentially, I ended up doing, like, after, you know, first one, I ended up having to do the rest of them by myself. And I just kind of took over because I knew my mentality. I knew how serious I was about this. Um and I just, I, I enjoy, like, I enjoy working. I do. Um, it's, like, fun to me. If 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 I feel like I'm putting, like, effort in on something, like, if I know somewhat of what I'm doing or whatever the case is, I enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, I kind of got sidetracked a little on your question. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's essentially where me doing my own event started because I had to like I had to make I didn't I've never made flyers or something so I was going on different things online and other things like started making different graphics walking around went to the local print shop worked out deals started getting stuff printed posters putting stuff up started talking to different people within like from cheerleading team to this and that da 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 you know I did some like I did like consult that was my first area like doing consulting with the bar because like I um saw a bunch of stuff that was messed up with the venue uh that they could change to make a larger profit and they just were minor changes just the smallest little things that i know they never seen so i mentioned it to them i talked to them about it told them how to switch this out how to change that and then it became a thing and it was like it was it was dope it was really good um so yeah that's that's essentially how i got started with doing my own things now i didn't like 
my plan after that was something like I was like, oh, I'm doing this in college, like you know what I'm saying, like you know what I'm saying, I'm doing this college because also I was the one, I was the guy who like in high school and and like when people came back home from college, like fortunate enough, my parents was like, you know, you, you, like have some gatherings. Like mm-hmm. I never threw house parties at my parents' house. I always had a kickback, a get together, or a gathering. Invite only. Like I was so serious about like this. My like like if you did not specifically get a text from me, do not show up. If this if you come with a plus one, and I didn't, then both of y'all will be this that and the third. And I never did anything <laughs> when my parents weren't there. Like never wow. wanted to do nothing when my parents weren't there. And the same thing with today. Like I like going by the rules. Like I mean. Is like now, could I have like when they went out of town did something? Yes, and it would have went crazy. That's lit for everybody else, not me, because mm-hmm. who has to live there with them? And if you if these people are respecting me and like my parents respect me enough and have enough faith in me, and also my wild stuff that I like, I but like had enough faith in me to like have little stuff with my friends and stuff and open up the home. I'm going to respect it and only do stuff in that space that you allow me to do stuff in. I'm not too pressed. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me let everybody come tear up my parents' house while my parents aren't here and then laugh and leave and just leave me with it. Like, no. So I like I just like bringing people together, kind of having that community and whatnot. Uh, So that was a big that was a big start of it. Yeah. Yeah. So how much did you talked about a band as well that you are part of? And it sounds like that was a piece of your journey as well. How much did that play a part of where, you know, the things that you're doing today? Um, it plays a major part. So like goes back to like this. So the one of the first kind of like little gatherings or whatever I had at the crib, I remember um it was at my well, my parents' crib. It was uh, I was in ninth grade and like we were just like kid like I just want I wanted to invite some of my friends over from school. We was just gonna like we was just gonna be like in the basement, like playing music, playing games, laughing, doing little stuff like and then I'm like, I'm just like, yeah, my friend's coming at this hour. I'm just so hype. I'm like, ah, I'm just so excited, just a little kid. I mean, well, just like a freshman in high school, like, oh, yeah, everybody about to be over here. And my parents like, all right, cool. So um, do you have pizza for everybody? Do you have pizza for everybody? I'm like, what? Like, like, who wants pizzas? Like, we just want to hang out, like, in a basement. Like, we're freshmen in high school. Like, and they, I'm like, do you want, like, pizza? Do you, like, do you have, do you have waters for everybody? Do you have, like, do you have soda, juice? What, like, what do people need? What, what are y'all going to drink, Marcus? What are y'all going to eat, Marcus? Okay, cool. Well, then, Marcus, what are you going to wipe your hands with? You don't have napkins. Okay, cool. Is there toilet paper on the toilet paper rack? I'm like, oh, y'all blowing me, like, uh, uh, getting on my nerves. But then later, like, Later, I see why that's so important, and that's me now inside of it. I'm like, where is that? Where is this? Where is that? This needs to be clean. Mm-hmm. Like, because people appreciate that, and the little things that people take for granted, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's appreciated by somebody, and let those things, like, let me not have those things there. Like, for example, if, if they didn't say that to me, I would have just been like, all right, cool. I got my friends over, and somebody like, hey, man, you got something to drink? You got some juice or something? I'm like... Now I ain't got no juice, or I or I will have to run upstairs and go get a glass and then pour it, and then I come back downstairs and what somebody else gonna say? Hey man, can I get one too? Run upstairs, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Versus now I got all these glasses to wash. Now I got all this glass around it could break around it. Like versus those little things, like 
the values that my parents taught me, like that I'm so blessed and fortunate, um, is to, you know, take care of things and pay attention to detail. How do you want to be treated? How do you want to be greeted when you come into something? Like, don't think about just what you want. Man, that'd be cool. They'd be cool. They'd be cool. But sit back, take a breath, relax, take the time and say, well, how would I feel about this? And be realistic with yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, that was um, that was a big thing. And so were those gatherings for the band? Oh, no, 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 no. We ain't do no band gatherings okay. at the house. <laughs> so so how, would, how did the band piece tie into the journey? So... So the stuff I used to do at the house, like those were some of like friends from schools. That's why I call them kickbacks at gatherings. Mm-hmm. Now I played in the band. That's why. Uh, <laughs> that's not. That's not even the sole reason why I call them kickbacks at gathering. But like, if you know something about go go, like I wasn't about to just be like, "Hey yo, but I might have something at the crib." Cause then, in in this time, people will come in your house and take your TV and do all this. Like, oh, wow. I mean, I'm just saying, like in general, like I like yeah. I mean, people like. You know what I'm saying? Kids, you know, kids still and they don't think about it. Like that's the a source for some. You know what I'm saying? Like, and somebody walking out. Damn, this joint nice, man. Like, hey, ooh, that joint over there. Hey, alright, bro. Hey, bro, come to this address. I'm gonna leave the door unlocked. You you gotta understand that there's there's people out here like that, and it's not. And also at the same token, like at the same time, at that age, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of kids who like. They don't have a choice or they, you know, they don't have a choice or that's what they know. That's how they're going to grow. Um, but with the band, I got into the band when, so, you know, Hollywood Reds, right? Yeah. DJ Hollywood Reds. Yep. All right. So that's my brother. So we went to, we played on the same like AAU team in middle school. Then we started like, he was looking at different high schools, um, looking at different high schools to go to for sports. He was a big football player. I played basketball, but he played a little basketball too. Then we ended up, we both chose McNamara, went to McNamara. But like going into um, that summer, going into high school, um, we got a call like going that summer going to high school. He got a call talking uh, about like XIB. And so XIB was a middle school, it was a Kettering middle school band. It kind of started out as a little Kettering middle school band uh-huh. with a few folks, shout out to Neil, Eskies, Abu, like all, like my good people. And like, so it started out with them and he was like, man, they called me. They told me they want me to come to a practice, man. Pull up, man, pull up with me, man. Cause it was like little fake, like little middle school beefs and stuff like that. So he was like, man, pull up with me. We take the bus over to my man, Pork Chop House, go to Pork Chop House and we go in the basement. And that's where you see the whole setup. And you see you see these dudes are actually in here like serious, like like trying to make something. And we ain't <laughs> and no little cheap keyboards and all this stuff. But everybody was so serious about it. Like, nah, man, we gotta do it like this. And I was like, I can get that. Like, mm-hmm. that's energy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I can get that. Like, and so I started getting behind the keyboard and messing with something. Rez got on mic, started doing something, and it just kind of started picking up from there. And you know, I remember going from our our first like legit big sh- like our first like l- legit go go show at the CFE. It was a twenty for twenty, so they used to have twenty bands. You pay twenty dollars, and it was twenty bands. Wow! So we were the first of the twenty bands. We show up to the we show up to the CFE outside. The doors are locked. Security, nobody's there. Not even security. Not even cleaning crew. But we are all up that joint, excited, just happy, <laughs> like waiting for our opportunity. It's cold outside. Literally, I saw tumbleweed. I've never seen tumbleweed before. <laughs> but literally, nobody's there. We show up like an hour early, just so hyped. We're like, y'all, we about to kill it, y'all. We superstars, like, oh man. 
and we get in there and go and then once we finally get in to go play we go in there and play and like the only people that are in there are security like oh, wow. for security guards so like but we were just so excited and like even after that we weren't one of the biggest things is we weren't like turned down by that like we were just excited for that opportunity and we were just so hyped and that's I, that excitement and that momentum you got to hold on to that because then we started like just like trying to push out like we made a little cd after that just really going to everybody talking to everybody talking to everybody talking to everybody like not caring that people are saying laughing at us oh boy y'all ain't nobody messing with y'all little stuff like woo woo all of that so eventually um we started to like grow and learn more and like we started passing a lot of the people that were kind of like looking at us we started getting the shows but we started getting all these parties and then we're going I'm now I'm in 10th grade uh, now I'm in 10th grade We got two shows on a Thursday night Two shows on a Friday night Three shows on a Saturday wow. Like between a different go-go Between the two sweet 16s Another go-go in, in PG Go-go out in DC Here CFE Tassie vote Like well, like, And it was fun And it, it was just like At this point is it entrepreneurial? Are you guys getting paid for this? Nah Okay we, But first of all We should have been getting paid <laughs> You said but you should have? We should have been getting yeah. paid Um but also at the same time, like, we didn't know. We were kids having fun. Like, I wasn't thinking about, like, man. I'm like, wasn't thinking about, like, man, I need my check. I need my check. Nah, I was, like, during that time, what I was doing, I mean, I was playing. Like, I was doing stuff in the band, this, that, and the third. But, like, I was a plug guy. Like, I also, like, my boy could, you know what I'm saying? My boy could give me a nice little, he'd give me a little North Face. He'd be like, man, I got this for 50. I'd go back to the private school. And I'd be like, yo, I got this for 200. Like, mm. and we flipped and we did that and sir. I didn't ask questions about where it came from. I didn't move like, and like, that's like, it would be little things like that. And that's also like, that goes to another part where it kind of led down. It's like, why today I'm like, make sure you're doing right. Cause I'm gonna tell you this one quick story. Like one time I got this book bag. I, I, I came up on this book bag. It's a North Face book bag. John was nice. Sold it to, sold it to this dude I know. And, um, Sold it to this dude I know in my school, and then I remember I got called in the principal's office one day, and the in the dean's office, and thank God for her, <laughs> thank God for her. But her name is Stevens, but Stevens the goat. She looked out. She was like, she said, "Look, I came in the door. She said, "Stop it." I said, "What?" She said, "Stop it." So what I essentially did was I stole somebody's book bag that went to the school, and then sold it to somebody else that went to the school. And that was, I was just thinking, I was like, young, wild. I'm like, ah, man, I'm good. Like, this and the third. And that's when, and I saw the girl, like, crying. Wow. Like, when I, like, she didn't tell, but, like, I saw her crying. And I was just like, yeah, this is not cool. Like, you start to learn. You're going to pick up. Like, as a young, you got to do some young, wild stuff as a child, as a kid. And then you hit that point where you'll be like, so it, I, what I what I'm about and who I am. I was like I want to bring people together, make them feel happy, smile, this that, and the third. When somebody gets a new piece of gear or something, yeah, they happy. But then who are you taking it from, or mm. where is that coming from? Where's the root? And it's like, damn, that's I'm going against what I want to do. So, yeah, that was a that was a major point, and also like learning hustle. So, shout out to my boy Q. I learned a new hustle, and he Q man Q Cole. He came up with these uh. He started pulling like these G-Shock watches, had all colors, started selling some G-Shocks. Yeah. And then I'm like, man, da da da. He said, bro, I'm going to get you hip. Come with me after school. Came with him after school. We rode out to DC to this flea market, man. <laughs> we were able to buy any color G-Shock watch you wanted for $6 a piece. Oh, wow. 
Oh, it's fake. Okay. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> fake it. Yeah. I mean, but in that, and, and that's the craziest thing. In, in that age, you don't know better and also you don't care. Yeah. You just want to look or be cool. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Found the trend. And you want to just say, no, it's real. It's real. It's real. Like, whatever. But we were out that joint raking up. Like, I'm thankful they put me on to the house, like, all of that. But, like, we were out that joint. And so he knew I had a different, like, he was taking care of some people in school. And I went and I knew some people at the party. I'm like, yo, I got to watch, like, I got this. I got this watch for thirty, man. I got this watch. I got this watch forty, man. Boom, boom, man. I got whatever color you need. Woo, woo. We can get it popping. We can get it popping. Like all of that. Like, um, yeah. So, uh, that was major. That was. I mean, that was just kind of like that was another facet of like, yeah. But I was always willing to like. I was big. I I was willing to resell or like if I can get something for the low. If like I knew somebody that like yeah, I was just big on resale. But then also like. That was kind of a high school wild time. Then it started to see, then you just kind of started to see like different things. It's like, all right, cool. At a certain point, everybody then everybody was walking around with a different color G Shock on. And everybody was saying that G Shock is real and like buying them like this. And after a while, after you get older, people was like, yeah, this not tight. Like mm-hmm. like people like that, and it was just like, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Y'all got y'all watches is lit. This and the third wasn't no wasn't no big deal. We was like. Yeah, it just I, I got used to the hustle, but I started to learn little things that I did and didn't like. Like, people were cool with the watches, but some people, you know what I'm saying, they kind of overpaid. They paid a little too much for a watch. And that was on them ultimately, but also at the same time, like, as a kid, it's like, yeah, I mean, you did, you agreed to pay this price this and the third. But, like, as an adult, it's like, yo, how did that make, how did people walk, like, they walked away loving their watches that in the third, but then later down the road they're like, "All right, yo, why pay, why pay one sixty and they pay forty? Yeah, like, yeah. So <laughs> it's things like that that you know you you learn along the way. You're like, okay, cool. Well, I don't like this part. Yeah. So it's it, it feels like there's like this journey that started where entrepreneurially. Or even creatively, let's say first you're picking up things like music, and so that sets some foundation there. And then the entrepreneurial kind of spaces, like selling the watches and such, um, and some of the other things that you were you were doing to make some extra cash. It sounds like there was some moral development there as well, where you started to de- to decipher what you did and did not want to get into as a means of making money. Mm-hmm. So when you get to college. And you realize there's a need. It looks like, you know, you started really developing a niche, if you will, mm-hmm. and doing events and such. So um, to me, it sounds like that's like really where things started and developing formally that journey of where you would end up going, even if you didn't know at that point. Would you say that that's true? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. It definitely started forming because, yeah, once I got to college, I, I you know... I just wanted to be, I wanted to start, I wanted to focus on being as professional as I could. I want, I know, I knew that like, you know, people will, people can hold on to your, like your name. It's like, oh, well, man, Polo took care of me. Polo made sure this was good, man. Marcus did this, Marcus did that, so on and so forth. Um, and that was just really important to me because it wasn't just about like how I was viewed as my peers, but I wanted to be, you know, I, I did the university. I worked, I did a lot of work with the mayor in, uh, in that town. Um, I did a lot of work with the president of the school, um, the athletic committee, 
Um, I worked in like, like with the community, like local businesses and stuff like that. And I, you know, built up, um, you know, built up a network out there outside of my peers. And it wasn't something that was essentially just offered, but I wanted to present myself in a way where that could be a possible um, route or opportunity for me. Right. Yeah. So when did you begin to to realize that that was a direction that you wanted to go in? Because at first it was really a means of making bread for yourself, help support yourself while you're in school, and then you're building out this community of people, like a network, essentially, um, in, in some way, shape, or form would end up helping that journey. At what point were you like, oh, I think I want to continue to do this even upon graduating? So... The big thing about it was, um, why? I mean, in school, yeah, it was a, it was a way to make money, but like also like there wasn't anything to do, so like that's also like it wasn't anything to do. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know how to make something to do, like mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm saying? You can you can bring that part. So that's what really like that made me like happy. Like that was like. That was dope, and it felt good. People were like, yo, man, you, you, yo, you doing Tony's this week, man? We doing, we had Tony's, like, man, that was dope, man. I had so much fun at Tony's, like, and it was cool, cause then I got a, I, I got this, I got this young black DJ who DJ Chicken working with me. That was like stuff like that, working with Chicken, like that was fun. Like, I met the Experience, who was a crazy dope artist. I met him. That's my brother. I met him in college too, and like we started, like, man, so much stuff. But um. Outside of school, I didn't really think about doing it. It wasn't really on my radar. Like I said, when I left college, like when I left college, I got that corporate job. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I got that corporate job, and this just wasn't it. And so what happened was, I um, left the job. I had like a little bit of bread saved up. Left the job, and I was gonna get started on this um, app that I wanted to design. Cause you know everybody wanted to design an app, make mm-hmm. millions. And, so, and I was just going to be able to take it out. So, but, like, also my app really made sense. And it was also providing major value to the community. And it's still going to happen. Yeah, so I, I left the job to do that. After When I left my gig, I, like, went to California for a quick second to um, you know, meet with some people and kind of take some time real quick. Came back home. Came back home to a stolen car and, like, all this other stuff. And my car was, like, a big factor about how I was going to make, like, some more money and move. So I was without that. And then... That was just like a whole process, and it was kind of like, I don't know, I felt like God was just talking, like, like God was just talking, God just moves you in the right deci- like right directions for some reason or another. So, like, what happened at that time, I was like, yo, I need to go get a part-time gig. So, um, a friend, like, a friend had reached out to me and said, uh, you know, a friend had reached out and was like, hey, this club is hiring for, like, VIP hosts and promoters, things like that. And I'm not, I wasn't even a big fan of clubs. I didn't go to clubs like that. I'm used to, like... I'm used to going to Go-Go's because, like, that's community. That's where I know people. But, like, clubs were, like, they were always very awkward. They were always very, like, you. if I'm not spending money in that joint, apparently I'm beefing with everybody just by, like, the, the facial expressions and looks. <laughs> like, I just I, I just want to be in a place where people are, like, smiling at you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, going back to original roots. Like, I like people smiling around me. Right. I hate going in a place where everybody's like, yeah, man, you ain't, you broke. You ain't get no money. Like, that's weird. But, um... Yeah, so with that being said, I went to um I went over to the spot, interview for like this VIP um promoter position or something. I'm like I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I, I know I know a lot of people, you know, I, I can talk to people, I can charm, I can do whatever. I got sales skills, got a little corporate background, psych degree, you know what I'm saying? So I understand. And so um they started me like they told me I was gonna be security and I was just kinda like 
What? I'm like, first of all, this is the only time. Any other time, I'll claim that I'm six feet. Any other time, I'll claim I'm six feet. At this time, I'm like, yo, I'm five. I'm like, I'm five ten. Like, y'all want me? Like, what? Like, <laughs> but they were like, no, nah, you gotta understand like how the place works and understand like start somewhere and then understand everything about it. But like, it will just start you. Yeah, I'm doing security, and after a certain period of time, I'm thinking like. All right, cool. When do I move to that? When do when do I get my gold suit and like you know what I'm saying and all the other stuff and like move and and do the other stuff we talked about and it's just like nah, just do that, just do that. And I'm just like, hold on, I'm y'all making me security in this job. I'm like nah, bruh. Like I'm like I'm like oh nah. And so at first I'm like man, this is wild because I got people I know clowning me like walking by. It's like dang, like because remember you know what I'm saying. You was, hey, bro, like, dang, like, people coming up like, dang, like, what happened, bro? Like, you was in XIB. Wow. You, like, bro, you went to Michael play basketball, bro. I, like, like, I used to look up to you, bro. Now you out here with a flashlight, searching people, patting people down. Yes, sir, no. Damn. And at first, that kind of got to me, and I was like, I'm thinking, like, man, you know, this joint ain't, this joint dumb. And it's like, this joint dumb. Like, I'm about to quit, essentially. Um... Can I ask you something real quick? Uh So, this part-time job for that given time, was there a master plan yet? Or was this really like you you wanted a part-time job? It was a part-time gig because I need need to keep myself afloat while also kind of throwing some change at the bigger idea I had for the app. Okay. Which, Which I think is an important distinction to make because... I think it's it's even more difficult to stay the course and continue to do something when, like I think there there was something bigger at hand with the with the app, which is probably what helped get you through that. But even like I was just thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about maybe potential event planners or people that may be listening that want to get into events and in a situation where, uh, you know, where they may pick up something that could give them valuable experience for events. But not realizing it and hearing that criticism from peers and people around you, um, that could that could deter people. You know what I mean? And like you talked about, like I almost I almost hung it up. And that's why so many people don't make it because everybody like talks about entrepreneurship looks cool, it looks sexy, it looks like, damn, I want to be an entrepreneur. I get to make my own hours. I get to like have the cards and brochures that have me. With a professional picture in a suit, arms folded, says CEO. Like, and that's what people think it is. But like, the CEO means like you got to be the one to go through the stuff before a certain time when, um, then you find people that you can show how to do that, and they can do that much better than you can. And so you keep continue to build that process. Like, now. For the point that you said, like, yeah, for an event planner, I like if you're doing events, like, for example, people will say to me, man, I'm trying, man, I'm trying to do a party, bro. Let's link up. I'm trying to throw a party, do a function. And they like, yo, I'm trying like, let, let me learn from you, do what you do. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, and then when they come, I'm like, yo, pull up on me on the, at this time, at, at this function or whatever the case is. Then I like, be like, hey, bro, can you sweep that up over there? They be like, and they'll look at me so crazy. Mm. But like. This is not just for events, but any industry. Get your hands dirty. Get your hands as dirty as possible first from the roots. So, like, now I I didn't go in with that mindset, but thank God I I came out with it. And that was a lot of help, too. Like, 
that venue, you know, the guy who owned the venue and all that stuff, it was like, he was like, man, be the best at is this you can be. Be the best at that. And I'm like, then yeah, I started doing that and like changed up. But so, but so real quick, how did you get through? Because you're you're about to quit. What people were saying was getting to you mentally. How did you endure that? I asked myself, well, what else are you gonna do after this? And then also the guy who owned the venue was like, yo, be grateful. There's some people who like, you know, what I'm saying you have a job to come to. You woke up this morning. You literally like. You have legs to stand at that door that you don't want to stand at. You have eyes to check IDs. <laughs> like, and it's like, well, damn, that makes sense. And it's just like, then it kind of made, then I kind of reflected on that. I'm like, yo, I'm going to conquer anything, be this entrepreneur, do all this stuff, and I can't even handle what people want to say. And that's still something, you know, I struggle with, you know what I'm saying? I struggle a little bit with that today, and I'm working on it. But like, that's something that's so big, but it, it, it makes for success because like I can tell you right now there's some people who like for example some people like man I know everybody man I'm gonna throw this party I'm gonna do this party I'm gonna bring all these people out what have you thought about how people are you thought about like the law have you thought about you know the capacity have you thought about the liquor have you thought about this have you thought about that have you thought about this you thought about and it's like damn I never would have thought about any of that and it's just like then you you were setting yourself up for a party not a business. Wow. Like you would have been, that, that party would have rocked out, man. Man, it would have been Project X crazy probably. And then everybody would have been talking about it forever. It would have been lit for you. You, I mean, it, it would, everybody would talk about how lit you were, this, that, and the third. But then later you may be sitting up there with a lawsuit or you may be like, or or you may be sitting up there owing some money because you didn't, oh, dang, well, hold on, I ain't think about that. I ain't think about this. I ain't think about that. And those are things that like, you gotta get your hands dirty with, and then sometimes trial and error. Like, like you can't pop off a brand. It's hard. It's very difficult to pop off a brand or business and just like be popping. Like you gotta create some essential. You gotta create some type of story in the beginning. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of ran around with that a little bit. Nah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you decided to stick around, and so what happens next? So I decided, I kind of changed my mindset. I decided to stick around and like the same thought of like, yo, this ain't it. Like, ain't it in terms of like, I can do more. So I started to like learn whatever else I could in there. Um, and it's still a lot that I don't know and haven't and didn't, didn't learn, haven't learned yet. But um, I was like, you know, like, all right, cool. Well, I know like, let me study the menu because they serve food here. So like, let me study the menu and talk about like, you know, talk to my guests. Also, another thing I thought, I'm like, all right, cool. Well, let's look at it this way. If I'm the door guy and people want to laugh at me for being the door guy, guess what? Everybody's got to either, everybody's got to walk past me at some point. So if I can, hey, how you doing, Marcus Pilgrim? Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you, Marcus Pilgrim. Hey, how's it going, Marcus Pilgrim? Hey, how you doing, Marcus Pilgrim? Hey, if you can, if I can constantly do that to everybody that comes in, then after a while, like, uh, I forgot what the psychological term was like, but it's priming essentially. Like, wow. you can low key prime people. Like, if I'm sitting at the door every weekend for this amount of time over this period of time, and I'm speaking to people every time, after a while, people are gonna be like, "Oh yeah, nah, I, yo, Marcus, right? Yo, my, my, Marcus." And then I got caught. I'm like, "Hey, well, this and that." So I say, "Hey, can I, uh, can I start promoting a little bit while I'm doing this? Like, bringing people out. I want to show you. I can bring some people out." 
I'm bringing more more people out. I'm bringing more and more people. And I'm talking to people. I'm like, hey, how was your evening? Listen, if you need anything, you just call me. You give me a call. You let me know. What was the motivation behind that move to decide, you know what? I can really engage with people in this way and bring some value to being a promoter. Was it just the fact that being the best of what you want to do? Are you try- still trying to get to the VIP? Like, what's the motivation there? I'm going to be here regardless. I got you. <laughs> you going to like. You 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 gonna you gonna go through it or you gonna get something out of it? Mm. Like that was one thing. And basketball taught me everything in life. Like my coach would be like, "Yo, like pe- people think like you you can say, man, I've been in the lab. Like I've been in the library. Like you you, you can say this. Like uh, somebody said to coach, like coach, I be in the library. Like I don't know my grades. I'm in the library. Okay, well, what are you doing in there? Wow. Like you can go to practice. You can show up to practice and try to get through it. Like, oh, I'm just trying to get through it. Watching the clock, watching the clock, watching the clock. Or you can get something out of practice because guess what? You're still going to be there. So it's up to you whether you want to take the, they doing too much in here. Or like, uh, I'm just waiting till I get off. Or while you're on the clock, you can say, how can I set up everything I can for tomorrow and next week. Hey, what's going on? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Did y'all hear about the happy hour we're having next week? Hey, how's it going? Da, da, da. And you can do that in any job position, anything you do, wow. any and everything. We all have the same 24s about what we do with them. So it's like little stuff like that. Because I'm like, you know, well, Marcus, suck it up. Because, I mean, you need a part-time regardless. You got to do this. Like, what you going to do, quit and then go find something else that you don't like, like and complain about that? Mm. Or you just say, where's the value here? Like, what can be my part? And also, like, you know, you know, African-Americans as a, you know, as a whole, as a majority of us, we have a, a lot of times we have, once we feel that we're at a certain status level or we're here, then certain things are beneath us. Like, first of all, there's nothing wrong with doing security doing any job that you do if you take joint if you do garbage man and you and you come and you you're happy every day doing your job then you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing because there's a lot of people out here trying to put on and impress people that they don't even really like and then don't like them just like what they can get from them so also it's about you know if and are you happy and like how's your perception and, uh, and is your happiness controlled by the views of others uh but no, nah, that's a that's a major thing. I'm sorry, I said because it was something else I wanted to say about. Um, oh, I was asking about what motivated you to take that road. Yeah. Oh yeah, because oh yeah, because it was just like getting some out of it. Because like this is a big thing too. I say to a lot of people like, I'm always like with Great Energy Group, we want great people to work with us we want great people to work with us they want to be the best like okay if your job is to sweep the steps like you better but hey what's going on how you doing i'm i'm happy to be man let me watch out let me get that for you and sweep the mess out of them steps man have a good time and and guess and and guess what hey and speak to everybody hey how's it going good to see you. how was your night oh okay. hey you want to enjoy hey no hey well just let no that that floor opens it too hey da 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 is this special going on oh let me get that for, i can take that for you if you're that person you do that over time i guess what you'll be able to you'll, you'll be able to make a million dollars in two three years because you'll be able to take that energy and that attitude to some other business and somebody's gonna say like and pe- you're gonna build your own brand Whatever the case is, I'm just saying it's possible just because you can go and then say people are like, oh, man, 
like when they see you, they feel good, mm. and they be like, oh no, nah, that's that's a uh, oh that's sweepstep guy. No, nah, his name Charles. That's my boy, man. Da, da, da. You know, and people say, you know, that's that's Charles. That's my boy. Or this is this is this and that guy, man. He's cool. Ooh. But you can even do that, or you could be the grumpy old like, all right, man, y'all always leaving stuff here and this, that, and the third. But think about it. If you did a split screen and you had the guy with just great energy that's just happy and thankful and grateful for doing the job that somebody else would do and love to have, or you have the guy just like, man, I got to be here and got to do this one one person is going to be much more, they're there they're, they're the same time, same amount of time. One person is going to be much more miserable. The other person is going to find joy in it. Then also, if you find joy in it, the money and opportunity and everything else will come. Mm-hmm. There's going to be somebody who says, hey, um, you speak to everybody in here. You got a, something about you. You ever looked into selling cars before? You ever looked into selling? And opportunity comes like that. Right. It just does. It's about energy. And if your energy is like on it, if you're like, you know, great, like literally, if you're pushing and, and doing things like you're grateful for what's going on, like that's huge. So, yeah. So you take that approach and it looks like it's starting to work for you there. You're building rapport with people that are coming each week to this club. So what happens next? Um. So after a while, I do. Um, I was bringing out people for a while for the um, actual like club, and then I ended up doing. A, um, I did my birthday party at this spot, and when I did my birthday party, when I did my birthday party, I had a lot of people come out, and then that's when I kind of opened the doors to get the opportunity to like do a little bit more. And place I was at didn't currently didn't have a brunch at the time, but like that's like brunch they part like that's fun for me like that's cool like you know you know people like it's a good time it's just a good time overall and so uh I you know my business partner Gabby she worked at the same spot with me at the time and like Gabby had a cheery energy about her she was like she knew how to handle herself as a woman she knew a lot of people um she had a large network and knew a lot of people but in the in this type of industry, oftentimes a lot of women are portrayed in a sex sex appeal type era. And Gabby had that, but it was like very professional and it was it was professional, but it wasn't like, ooh, I'm showing skin and raunchy. Like she could walk in heels and she could get the job done and she would. And if somebody else wouldn't do it, she would get it done herself. Very professional to the point. And I was like, that's all right. And she hustled. So it was just like, I was like, yo, hey, Gabby, I want to talk to you about something. I got an idea. I was like, I want to start doing events like for like dope people. We could put all different types of cool stuff together. And she was like, all right, bet. And we started going back and forth and we talked about it and we talked about it. We landed, ended up on like, wanted to do the brunch, wanted to do Liddy in the City, call it Liddy in the City. Um, and so we went back to the owner. Well, we... We essentially set something up first, and then we went back to the owner, and we said, um, hey, there's nothing here on Sundays. So since we're off, we w- we're we going to go, like, do this at um, this other spot. Got to test it out, see how it goes. It's cool. We do it. It's a hit. Then we're like, all right, cool. We're going to do something here. 
And what you threw was a brunch, right? Yeah, brunch day party. Okay. Uh-huh. And so it was a hit, got a lot of great feedback. A lot of people loved it. And it was essentially like part of that vibe I told you at the gathering. Like that's where like great energy and great energy only comes from. Because when I had those gatherings, why I was so serious about like don't bring no BS is because when I was having those gatherings at the house, I was very serious because I wanted to be a great vibe. I wanted the energy to be great. I wanted people, people, and that's the thing. People were in that thing, dancing, having fun, laughing, being goofy, like just whatever. But like, and I wanted a space where people felt comfortable in doing that. And I also knew, you know, there's certain people who kind of show up and they got to be so cool. And then once they're there, everybody else is like, oh, we got to be cool too. I don't want to. I don't want to lose my composure. Like, you know, everybody was too cool. And I'm like, that's not fun. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's why that was so important. And that's also like, a that's a great energy group. And one of the things we say is great energy only. And if the energy ain't great, like you can keep it. So that's a big portion of what our brand is based at and like what we're about. And so, uh, yeah, we ended up doing something back at the spot that we worked at. We did a bunch over there, went well. But Lydia in the City is only meant to, so it's a, we started as a pop-up brunch and day party tour. But then it also, like, because um, we want to do it at different locations. But then also we weren't interested in, like, doing them back-to-back during the winter time Because I'm like, it's cold during that time. Like, that's not what I imagine. Like, cold, people hibernate. Sometimes, like, yeah, you want to go out here and there, but that's not Liddy. Like, that's kind of cold. Like... And so, you know, we just didn't, we, 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 the, you know, our, uh, our, Gabby and myself and us in the venue didn't see eye to eye. So we, um, we just kind of, we, we, we didn't see eye to eye. So we went our separate ways. Um, and well, I, I essentially like, <laughs> so Gabby was still, she was still working there for a second. I had to go my separate way. And I, you know, saying there was another, there was a situation in the meantime where I had to like, Go and like look at different opportunities and do things like that. I went over to uh, there was this one restaurant they were trying to make it a lounge, they were opening up and they wanted me to come do all this stuff. And like, oh my gosh, nothing was in order, nothing was <laughs> ready. It was the most like, I was like, are y'all seriously opening up a spot or is this just like a it's like a front? Because like, you can't be serious, my dude, like, like it, just in terms of like. How everything went, nothing was ever ready. Nothing was ever there. They didn't want to pay, but uh, yeah. So it was just it was an, it was more trial and error after that. But then we got back on to doing like Liddy in the city when it got springtime again. We started going to different locations and different spots throughout DC. But also that's the trial and error. We learned like okay, so there's some venues out here who will work with you. There's some venues who are gonna steal from you. There's some venues who don't care about you know black people and their experience so they don't care if they just want you they just want you to come and buy henny uh there's some venues who are gonna just like like play games with you and not give you a check there's some venues who are like hey like how can we help you um and i learned a lot about that real quick in this uh uh, you know, and doing what we doing, there's a bunch of trial and errors. Like there was a bunch of times where it's like people like, dang, I know y'all making money in here. And like me and Gabby are like sad after the fact, like kind of figuring, trying to figure things out. Cause it's like, no, actually we lost money because of, and that's just how you, yeah, that's how it goes. That's how you, that's how it goes. And it's how you learn. So it's like something to be 
um, but you can't get knocked off by that. And like, of course, that creates like sometimes it's tension. You go back and forth with your partner, but it's like at, like you would a teammate because it's a team. But you have to learn how to like work through that as well. So it's a bunch of that stuff. Yeah, I, I just so that what you just said is so personal to me as well. That was actually one of the motivations in deciding to start this podcast in particular. Um, from the events that we were doing with Splatter, we were getting this response from people that it, same thing. People were like, "Oh my goodness, this looks amazing! You guys are caking up, you know." And we knew. Yeah, it's a cool idea, but like from a business perspective, there's some things that we need to work out and we did lose money and all of that. And it was important for me to set expectations for people, not because it mattered how people perceived us, but more so because I started to realize how when people on the outside had that kind of perspective and held on to that idea of that goal not being attainable, they tend to put themselves in a position to not believe in it actually being able to happen. Because now Polo's story looks unattainable. It looks like, oh, well, they're killing it and I can never throw an event like that and I don't have the resources, etc. And what they did is perfect. Therefore, I don't have the ability to do it. And the whole, the purpose of this podcast was established to be able to help educate people to realize like everyone has a story and there's ups and downs regardless. And it's important for us to realize, take the good with the bad. Yes, there are amazing things with this journey and there are things that anyone has accomplished, but there are also trials, there are tribulations, there are failures, lessons learned, things that happen along the way that help you become bigger, better, and stronger. And it's important as someone who's aspiring to start something new to realize that all of that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that's and that's the biggest thing is because sometimes, you know, you get, again, like the entrepreneurial thing. And when you're starting your own brand or starting your own ideas, like you see like, oh, wow. Like you see like, oh, man, it's, it's great. But it's a lot to get there. Like everybody wants to be a millionaire, but like. Who's gonna take the actual steps that you need to take to get there? Yeah, you know. So, um, and a lot of that involves you know getting your hands dirty, getting in the like getting back there in the weeds. Not just you know we have a mindset of like, oh, well you own it, so like tell them to do that. And I'm like, if a owner has that mentality, they won't be owning too long. Or if they do own very long, they have a lot of money and they're just wasting it on something they own just for like their leisure because a owner like that mentality of like just kind of snap your fingers point and go like nah people want people will respect like a leader who's like gonna get out here and get it done themselves who's gonna like you know be at the forefront who's gonna do those things and eventually like so you see me at my events like i'll sweep uh, you know, I'll do whatever did it. Like I'll do like security. If there's some, anything going on, like I'm involved, I'm here. I'll, t- I'll take bottles to it. I'll, I'll, I drop food. I bust tables. Like I do whatever's needed because also like as a need, as a leader, you understand that. And then if I ask somebody say, Hey, can you go sweep that up? And his job is actually to sweep and he doesn't want to do it. Now we got a problem. Cause I'm like, yo, I'm sweeping. So why am I doing your job? So you can give me your check. I'll take your check then gladly. Mm-hmm. 
well, I find somebody else. So, like, then at that point, you know what I'm saying? It makes sense. But it uh, it's about getting it done because also at the same time, too, you can understand when you've done it, you'll be like, oh, well, I get why they, oh, I can see where this would be a problem. Oh, and you start to see, like, little functions throughout your business that you want to change. So, like, whatever business you got, you don't need to, you definitely don't need to be professional and know how to do it at all. But, like, you should you should learn a little something about that. You should spend a day in their shoes, a day or two, in somebody else's shoes in a different position. Because then it gives you a whole nother outlook on your business. Yeah. It almost reminds me, there's a show where, like, I don't even remember the name of it. I just remember watching it randomly one day in, like, a hotel. But they, they take the CEO of the business. Undercover boss. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, and it's like... You see all this insight come from them. So they're like, wow, I didn't know that the production line was like that. Like, oh, man, we got some things that we need to to fix, you know? So if a person like that, he like you're saying, like, I didn't know the production line is like that. And that's how the production line is going at 10,000 different locations. If they can make that change in the system in the production line, now that they've seen it because they also seen everything from an overhead view, and they can make that small change in 10,000 systems, it's going to mat and it could be something so small mm-hmm. but that can then massively massively affect the rest of the business yeah. like yeah absolutely so you know you and Gabby going to business with each other and you're throwing these events when does it look like things take a turn for the positive like i mean you're you start off pretty strong in general but you know is there a particular point for you that stands out like ooh you know, Liddy did something that, you know, it, you didn't necessarily think or know that was going to happen at the time it did. Um, I guess when I saw everybody else started like, like focusing their attention on like brunches and day parties and like, that's where all like kind of the mark, that's where everything, everybody's focus went. It's to like brunches, day parties and like guys drinking mimosas which wasn't a thing before because that wasn't tough or cool (laughs) but like now it's a sort like now it's like it's acceptable and it's cool and it's the thing to do um i guess that kind of look when people start like what is it uh something about it being the best form of flat like copy was it uh but but essentially when you see people doing your like when you see people doing like a route that you kind of take which i mean we weren't the first we didn't invent brunch at all weren't the first to do it but like this, it becoming like a thing. Like people be like, oh, man, Friday, it might chill Saturday, but like, it might chill. But like Sunday, we, you know what I'm saying? We out. Yeah. We out here. Um, little things like that. But oh, no, this is it. When Gabby and I started hearing about like people who met other people through the events, that's when, like, that's what I started. Like, I'm like, all right, we don't, we, we, ain't, we in the right direction some in some way. Because, you know, there's people who have gotten engaged at Lydia in the City at brunch. Wow. Like, there's there's people, like, like I remember, like, Gabby and I were in the mall doing something one time. And we were picking up. It was funny. We were actually trying to pick up some stuff for um, some people that work for us. And then we um, we came across, like, this, this girl was like, y'all do Lydia in the City, right? He was like, yeah. She was like. Oh my God! Like I'm, y'all understand? Like I met my girl there. Like, like it's crazy. Like we've been together. Like I went, I went to the one back in this. Like it, it was like a year and a half, some change ago. She was like, I met my girl there. Like da da da. I had some other friends, met people, and I love the fact like 
when people say about how they formed relationships and met people like some people, some photographers have met their models. Some models have met their photographers. Some people have met their significant others. Some people have met with people who then they now started a podcast together, a book club together. They started a business together, little things like that. And that's value. That's people need that. People need to come together. And then there's value right there. It's 100%. like, I don't like, I don't benefit from that. And no, we haven't, we haven't gotten, we haven't gotten a check or made that partnership. That's like, dang, yo, like we, we doing it now. Like we, that, that hasn't come yet. But like the little things when you see people, their eyes light up or they, you know, they telling you a story about, you know, somebody like how they met or they had like a good time. Like I don't with with like clubbing and I, I when I say clubbing, I don't mean like what I do. I guess you can call it club. But like when I think of when I say club club and like clubbing, I think of like. Endless bottles being popped, chains everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and people people buy bottles and stuff at our print, but it's not like the focus. Yeah, it's like sparklers you know, you got, and you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, you got that. You got <laughs> the that. bottle girls. Exactly. I mean, and we 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 got that. We we got a little bit of that. We got a little bit of that, but it's based around people having a good time, great energy, all of that. But like. I think of like people mugging and like bottle wars. Like we buy more than you. Like you're not getting enough money. I think of like women and I'm like, oh hey, how's it going? It's like, boy, you corny. Like, or where your table at? Or little things like that. And I'm just like, that's not the type of that's not for me person. That's not the type of woman I like or was raised around or my friends. And that's not the type of energy I like. But to each his own, and that's cool. I get it. Like every once in a while on somebody's birthday. If you and your boys want to put up, like, put up some bread, like, we did it for um, one of my boys' birthday. We went to a club, we put up some bread, got some tables in a bottle, had some girls out, and we had a night that night. But that's every once in a blue moon because I'm not about to be spending all that bread on the same time. And then at the same time, you like, if you do it too often, you feel empty because it's like, really, did I have that much fun? Or was I more so, like, just trashed and, like, were the girls, like, on me because I had a place for them to sit, looking for them to drink? And, like, I felt as though, like, and everybody cool with me because I had all of that around me. And, like, now, like, yeah. Or did I actually go to a place where I kind of created a community through? I was busting out some dance moves. And then did another dude start popping my collar. And I was like, hey, 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 Whereas, like, you know, in other situations, like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Or, like, you know, those are some, like, those are some of the things that make the difference. And it's like. It can be it can be a space that's gonna bring us together or gonna pull us apart. And again, to each his own. That club stuff is there, and it's it's some people who do it and do it well and enjoy it. And again, everybody's their own person and got their own thing. You know what I'm saying? I completely get that. Some women, I get it. Some women want to be taken care of and like it's legit. I I have I I have some I have some some associates that I'm like friends in the past. I'm cool with, but like. They're straight up, and they t- like. I know they don't come to my events, and I'm okay with that. But they still, I still love them. But I understand that they aren't the type of time. I'm looking for a baller. Mm. I'm trying to get paid. Wow. I'm trying to like. I want me to like. Ain't nobody spending no money in your club for real. And I'm like, I know, and I know that's why I don't, that's why I don't never ask. That's why I ask you to come. But I look like, and I love you, and you love me, and that's what it is. But at the same time, I like it. It's nice when you go to an event, and 
Guy can walk up to the bar. He about to buy a drink. Girl say to him, whatever he's having, put it on my tab. And she fine. What? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. That's a, now you like, uh, uh, hi, hey, hey, <laughs> like that's fun. Yeah. Like that's exact. like it, it's strong power. Like, and, and, and not to say that like they don't go, cause I know some, I know some girls who go to these other clubs and they buy bottles. Like they do what they do. And I get that. But like, I want people just to be able to like, have a good time, feel confident. If you bump into somebody, it's, oh, my bad, brother, my bad, man. Hey, man, well, yo, dog, hey, yo, them, oh, them pants is fly, dog, that, that jacket is hot, man. Where'd you get it? I got it from here, man, da, da, da. You shopped there? Man, I never heard that. Well, actually, I do this. Well, I do this, man. Let's link up. And that happened out of a party because you promote parties. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But, like, that's important. That part right there is important and it's valuable. Yeah. No, nah, I mean, yo, 200%. And, like, as someone who has been involved in your events as a consumer consistently, I have always seen that value. And it it really is a unique component of what you guys do. That's, like, for sure. And I know that I've met some of my really good friends now in the city through the event. I've seen relationships start as well through the event and some of our best memories in DC celebrating birthdays and holidays and all that type of stuff comes from the brunches that you do and, and the events. So I definitely tip my hat to y'all and, and I think what you what you all have built has been so powerful for the DC community. Yeah, nah, and that's um and it's in I thank you, first off. And one of the big things is uh I'm not I'm not just so so I'm I'm not just interested in like oh like okay for the DC community just like all right doing that it's like yeah I, I like want to do stuff in like low community but like I know there's so much more I can mm-hmm. do more people I can reach and not even just not excuse me not I but we there's so many more people that we can reach and like that we can help and I know that by expanding more that leaves now I can actually do more for my community in my area in D.C. and the DMV. I can do more for Prince George County. I can do so much more by getting out. You know what I'm saying? I it, Like, for example, in a go-go, those guys I used to look up, like, were the neighborhood superstars. Like, like some of these guys, it, like, in a go-go, like, people looked at, like, Michael Jordan. Like, they were, like, it was like, wow, like, whoa. It was a big deal. And that's local clout. And that's like this clout. And that's kind of dangerous. And yeah, it just, uh, it kind of doesn't, it, it, you, you got to ask yourself, all right, where, where does that lead to? Like, what are people really going? Like, this area is difficult. Like, to try to pop stuff off or like make a name for yourself. There's so many talented, dope, creative, smart. There's, this area is full of like talent and all of that. But, and this area is also small. So oftentimes, a lot of people try to pin people against each other. Like, oh, well, like, y'all could be better than them. Like, I don't care. Like, I hate when people come up to me and tell me, man, y'all, y'all, y'all doing way better than them. I don't care. And I don't, like, that's not my goal. That's not my initiative. It's like, not a competition. No. Yeah. I want them to win. I want us to win. I want everybody to win. I do. I'm not going to go out of my way so I can, like, but, like, I want everybody to win. But also, like, don't come to me talking to me about, man, that, no. Because then also, 
my goal is so much bigger than this. Like our goal is so everything we do is so much bigger than this. Yeah. It starts out as a party, but like you have no idea what's next. Which is a, is actually a great place as we're we're getting ready to wrap. Um, we were talking before we got on air and you know, about the concept of ninety nine Celsius and such. That last piece that we talked about in identifying an area where you really realized things were turning around. Or not turning around, but the point where you were like, ooh, things are taking off in a sense where you're, you're realizing you're really making genuine partnerships and relationships pop off through your functions. I'd call that 71 degrees, right? That's like where you conceptually at 71 degrees Celsius, that's when you really visually start to see water change and it's a boiling process. Everything prior to that, water looks still. But at 71 degrees Celsius, you really start to see it, the small bubbles begin to form before you things really boil over. And in our conversation, you were saying that you don't know if you feel like you've hit that boiling point and that you're working towards that, which is 100% cool. But as you look forward to you know your next several months, several years, and you begin to think about what's next, what does that boiling point look like for you? You, you talked about, you just mentioned now, that what you're doing now is so it's so small on the scale of what you are really looking to achieve long term. So out of curiosity, what does that look like for you? Um, I mean, getting involved more with the community. So like I used to I did a um, back when I had these gatherings one time uh, I, I did some I had some in my house called in my folks house called Brown Bag D.C. And what we did was um, we I had everybody come over and this was like. This was like one during like uh like Thanksgiving time during like a college break or something. I had everybody come over, bring like some different supplies, and then like bring you know some liquor or something like that, whatever you you know all of that. And so then we playing music, we drinking, but we making sandwich bags and stuffing them with different things and snacks and all of that, and that was fun. Like everybody had a good time. Like. Imagine on a Friday night, you know what I'm saying? You go and you do something fun like that. And, like, it's a thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's a it's a thing. So, um, that was a, that's a big thing. And so, getting, being able to have fun, but also, like, help someone in the same time. Like, I like when people, like, have a good time, smile, and, like, leave and meet new people. That's fine and dandy. But creating a space where... One, you can have fun. Two, where, you know, with black people, we understand, like, service and also, like, and, like, changing the narrative, I guess. I'm not exactly sure all what it looks like, and that's the thing. Like, some of that stuff, I'm not all the way sure what it looks like, but, like, changing the narrative, like, with our, you know, our people overall, because there's a lot of things, like, there's a lot of things that, like, um, that keep us, like, oppressed. Like, and keep us locked in, like, mental slavery that we don't even understand. Like, we don't understand, like, people don't understand, like, when you go to, people come to my party and they ask, man, let me get this for free. Let me get it for free. Let me get this and that. They don't understand how that affects a black business and then affects the next thing overall. Because guess what? The venue may be white-owned, but the people who are promoting the party are black and they have a black business. And somebody wants all this stuff for free. Well, the black, the white owned, the white owned business doesn't take anything. That doesn't take anything out of their pocket, but it may take something out of like the black. Like it may take something out of my pocket. Well, no, it, do, it definitely does. Um, and then 
on the back end, those same people that will ask you to come in for free, they're going to say, all right, cool, well, um, you know, what's a, like, they'll be like, y'all need to change this, y'all need to change that. I'm like, I would, but I don't own the place. Man, when you going to get your own spot? So, you see what I'm saying? Like, how am I supposed to get my own spot and do all of this? And, like, you keep asking for free things. Bro, because I know you. We good. Let's look at the journey. How many people do I know? How many people are they going to say they know me? How many people? That's why when people come to me, I'm like, yo, this Polo, this Marcus, man, this Gabby, they, they running everything. I don't. We, we hate that. I don't like that. Like, just introduce us and, like, just let us be people. But as soon as that happens, people are like, bet. I know who running the party. I know who owns the joint. Let, let me get your number so I can hit you when I come with my friends that you also don't know. So I can show them how cool I am wow. by not having to pay. Yeah. That's a problem. And that's a narrative that needs to be changed. And there's so many subconscious psychological things within our music, within the media, because we don't own those stations. We don't own these networks. We don't own that. So we're not able to control the message and the narrative. But if we can get on that page and find a medium where we can kind of reverse some of those things, then we're making true progress for our future, for our children's future as well. Man, bro, that is profound. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to talk. Um, just to that last point, you know, you've always reminded me, are you a Jay fan? J. Cole? Jay-Z. Oh, Jay-Z? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like... Mentality-wise, I just see so many similarities as far as the ownership piece and um, building things from the ground up and putting people on, like, in the community aspect. Like, there's just a lot of... I've always kind of seen you as that type of figure um, in what you're doing and, and where you're trying to go. So I appreciate hearing all of that, man. And, and I'm, you know, excited to continue to watch it unfold and hopefully be a part of that journey in, in different ways as well, man, as a consumer, as a business partner and all of that. But appreciate you taking the time to to meet. I think that I learned so much from you today and hopefully the listeners have as well. So, um, you know, with that said, I want to thank you, my brother, for coming out. And I appreciate you having me, bro. Yeah, yeah, man, right. it's great. Cool, man. All right, peace. Man, peace. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of 99 Celsius. Again, I'm your host, Marco Quay. For updates on the pod, follow us on Instagram at 99Celsius, all spelled out. New episodes air each and every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share the pod with others. Until next time.